Festivals on Saturday mornings from 10 to noon on 106.1 Nash Icon, WRKN, Picayune, New Orleans. Good evening and welcome to All Access on 106.1 FM Nash Icon at NashFM1061.com. Presented by CrescentCitySports.com, the best sports site in Louisiana. All Access is also presented by the All-State Sugar Bowl, representing the best of amateur athletics. And by Francesca by Katie's, serving up St. Louis-style food with a New Orleans flair. All Access is also brought to you by Lamarck Ford and Lamarck Lincoln in Kenner. By Bergeron Automotive in Metairie. By LifeGate Church in Mandeville in Metairie. By Premier Automotive throughout the New Orleans area. John Curtis Christian School in River Ridge. By Life Resources Ministries with outreaches throughout the New Orleans area. And by the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl. It's your chance to talk intelligent sports. All sports, all the time. To join in the conversation, call 504-260-1061. Now here's your host, Cumulus New Orleans Sports Director Ken Trahan of CrescentCitySports.com, the Saints Hall of Fame Museum, and the Kenner Star. And a pleasant good evening and welcome to another edition of All Access. This is, of course, the Wednesday night edition here on 106.1 FM Nash Icon. We're on the web at NashFM1061.com. Our tune-in app available anywhere in the world via iHeart. You can get us via Alexa by telling her to play WRKN or play Nash Icon 1061 FM. Podcast available through CrescentCitySports.com at show's conclusion. Or you can call the show at 504-260-1061. That's 260-1061. Email me at Ken at CrescentCitySports.com. Glad you're with us tonight. We'll talk about the Saints and Pelicans later on in the hour, but today's a big day uh, for high school football and for college football because it's the early signing period, early signing date, when most, and I stress most, of the high school players sign, not all, but most, joining us to talk about what has transpired today is our recruiting analyst from CrescentCitySports.com, our friend Renee Nato. Renee, it's great to have you with us. Welcome. Good evening, Kenny. Yeah, you know, looking back the last couple of years, uh, after the early signing date, uh, you know, you were talking about how many more uh, prospects could you shoehorn in, uh, you know, on, on, the, on the recruiting and stuff. And, and um, you know, today it's a little bit different. I mean, they, they didn't sign nearly as many as, as they had in the past. And, and now you got uh, the, two, the, the uh, late, late signing date in February, which is going to be a prominent part of LSU and, and most schools, for that matter. And in LSU's case, with the, it's going to be a, a big benefit because with the late arrival of the of the uh, of the coaching staff and and Brian Kelly putting together his, his assistants and stuff like that, LSU needs to buy some time, and it's certainly going to be a big big help to LSU to uh, to have a chance with a lot of prospects that they're in on that have not signed the uh, paper yet. No doubt. So where today was concerned before we talk about Tulane, LSU, and the others, the Guys that were making announcements today, uh, none of it broke the way of LSU, uh, really. Uh, of course, Aaron Anderson stuck with Alabama, although LSU was trying hard to the end. They were trying maybe even harder with Shaz Preston, and he stuck with Alabama as well, even though he was once thought to be a strong lean to LSU. Amorian Walker, who had committed to Brian Kelly at Notre Dame, not only doesn't go to Notre Dame, he doesn't go to LSU either. He goes to Michigan. So that's three big-time receivers 
LSU does sign Landon Ibietta, who was not recruited by LSU uh, and its previous staff, uh, but was a late addition. And I think it was a late addition, not only because of the coaching change, but because LSU knew it was losing other guys. So talk about those decisions that were made today. Well, you know, the thing is, and, and you've got to keep in mind, as, as, as we both know, that with the loss of Mickey Joseph, Ed Orgeron himself, the head coach, Corey Raymond, Kevin Folk, and Greg McMahon, all those guys were excellent recruiters, and they, they played a, a big part in, in a lot of these guys changing their mind and going in a different direction, especially Mickey Joseph with, with uh, Aaron Anderson and Chaz Preston and Ed, Ed Orgeron. Earl Little is a guy that uh, at one time was a guy that looked like he was going a cornerback that was going to LSU. And I guess with Corey Raymond departing, uh, he winds up uh, little winds up going to Alabama, but you know, I, I, uh, it's interesting, Kenny. You know, a lot of guys, and we talked about this last week. You know, a lot of guys that LSU was not on previously, like uh, Landon, I, uh, you know, and, and a Jordan Allen, they got in, in on, and and guys that uh, you know, you know, they they lost guys they they may have wanted and stuff, but you know, I think this is a good solid class with with Walker Howard and and Will Campbell and. Quincy uh, Wiggins is a guy that's going to take a little time. And I'm going to tell you, this is you're going to think I'm crazy, but Quincy Wiggins on the hoof, Kenny, even though he needs some time to develop, he's a basketball guy, he reminds me of a Marcus Davenport in his formative years. That, that's really, really who he reminds me of, Quincy Wiggins. It, it'll, it'll, it'll depend on how he comes around, but it's going to take him a couple of years, kind of like Marcus Davenport took to get adjusted with the New Orleans Saints. But Emory Jones, a guy that's going to is a big get. Uh, Landon Ibiet is a guy that I wrote a story with on uh, on CrescentCitySports.com. Has great speed. He's a lot like Jack Besh last year. People thought he might be a a, a good contributor, and and Besh last year was uh, blew the top off and was one of the best freshmen in the SEC. And and Landon Ibiet, I think he's going to be a lot better than people think he is. Um, Nathan Dybert is a, is another player in this class, Kenny, that no one knows a lot about. He's a left-footed kicker out of Michigan, and he's got range in the 52 to 53-yard range. And keep in mind, LSU fans, that Cade York is probably going to be gone in the next year or so. So you got to get a guy that's kind of working his way in behind him. And LaTerrence Welsh is a guy out of Acadiana, is a defensive back, and I think anybody that signs in uh, can expect to get a long look-see in the, in the uh, secondary for LSU. Very, uh, very much so. Look, it's going to be interesting to see uh, just how they develop. Look, I, I think the other part of LSU's recruiting class is going to be the transfer portal. I mean, I, I would imagine you see them bringing in as many as three to five transfers. Oh, absolutely, Kenny. And, and as uh, as we talked about on on the uh, on your show last Saturday morning, I I really, really would be not not surprised. I'd be shocked if they don't bring a quarterback in. And and the reason being that you don't have any quarterback that has any experience per se. Nussmeyer just played in a few games. Walker Howard can be good, but they're not going to rush him. And I just think a quarterback with experience, with starters experience, at least 25 games or more is vital for them to bring in somebody like that. They're going to have to bring in some offensive linemen. Uh, they're going to have to bring in a couple of cornerbacks, defensive backs. That's, that, they lost a lot. And, and there's, uh, there's a lot of uncertainty back in the secondary for LSU. So, you know, they're going to really have to address that and, and, uh, and and spend a lot of time. I mean, you know, you got you know you got some offensive linemen, and everybody wants in a transfer portal. Uh, LSU's got their sights on you know a, a Miles Fraser, a kid out of Florida International, uh, Victor Ola, Ola Martini, a kid out of Virginia, who is a Remington 
finalist, a center, is somebody that LSU would love to have. So would a lot of people. But, uh, you know, I, I really think that, uh, um, you know, the, the transfer portal is going to be important to LSU. A couple of names, Kenny, I'm going to throw out to you. Quarterbacks to keep an eye on. Ryan Watts out of Ohio State. And quarterback Michael Dowell is the younger brother of Saints linebacker Andrew Dowell out of Michigan State. He's, there are a couple of cornerbacks that are in the transfer portal that I think LSU would like to take a long look-see at. And, uh, so we'll see. But, yeah, the transfer portal. And I think it's going to change the transfer portal in time, Kenny. It's going to change the whole landscape of the signing period. I think it's going to change the early signing period, may push it back, may eliminate it completely. But the transfer portal itself could have a whole day to itself if they could get on the same page and decide. Because I think May 1st is, is, the, is the deciding day for transfer portals to, to come to a conclusion. And I think that may be a day in itself that would attract the attention of, uh, of fans far and wide. Visiting with Renee Nato of CrescentCitySports.com on recruiting, national recruiting signing day today. And obviously this is going to be an interesting development to see what happens with transfers and, of course, with the later signing date. So right now I'm looking at LSU nationally. Services have them as high as 18 or as low as 27. That's not what we're used to seeing from LSU. Well, no. And, and, you know, again, keep in mind that this was a new coaching staff and Brian Kelly took his time. He did not want to, um, you know, get the uh, assistance that a few months from now he'll be sorry he got. And, and uh, you know, he wants to make sure that he gets this right with, with the recruiting class. And, and uh, unfortunately, Kenny, we both know this, that some kids right now today, as we speak, are signing and putting their hats on their heads and celebrating with their family. One year from today, they're going to be, somebody's going to be looking for a new home because they're not going to get the playing time they expect or they're not going to work out at the school they sign on or the coach they sign with may depart and go somewhere else. So, you know, it, this transfer portal is going to change a lot of things, especially since it allows players to change their mind and play immediately at, a next, at another school. Oh, I think that's definitely going to happen. That's just the way it is today. You almost have to re-recruit guys after one year. Are you concerned about Keyshawn Butte at all and staying at LSU? No, I think he's, you know, from everything I've heard, I think he, he, he likes it there, and, and he, unfortunately he got hurt, and he's such a vital part of that offense, and, and, they, and they're going to use him quite a bit. And, you know, uh, I'm sure they are on him and watching him like a hawk to make sure that he does return for his junior year at least before he probably leaves for the NFL. But the wide receiver position, Keyshawn Butte is certainly the guy uh, that they're going to have to count on. And, and they lost some people, but with Jack Besh coming back and some other people coming back, I think uh, Jerron uh, 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 Jenkins, uh, I think that's a guy that could go to the NFL or he could return. They're hoping he returns for his senior season in 2022. Visiting with Renee Nato. Uh, what about Miles Brennan? Where does Miles Brennan end up, Renee? Any idea? No, I really don't. And, and I've had contact with the family. And I was told that he is getting inundated with, with uh, requests, some interesting requests, and um, from a lot bigger schools than they anticipated. And, uh, you know, at one time people asked me if I thought he could return to LSU. I, I thought at one time that may be a possibility. I don't think that's going to happen, um, you know, with, with the change in, in staff and everything. Um, I, I think he's looking for a place to go where he can play one year and, and uh, put, put a tape out there for the NFL scouts. Uh, you know, and and this would not be, I'm not trying to push anybody in one area, but, you know, one, one place up the road that I think a lot of quarterbacks who are transferring are going to look at, and because of the success they've had at Southeastern with Kelly, 
uh, I, I think that uh, that's one place, Cole Kelly, I think that's one place that maybe prospects in the past would not have looked, but Frank Selfo has done such a great job of developing him, and, and Cole Kelly is going to wind up being on an NFL roster next year in some way, shape, or form. Might be a fifth or sixth round pick, but I think that's a place that a quarterback can look at for one year, develop under the tutelage of Frank Selfo, and uh, you know, move on to the next level. And then, of course, the other question would be, what's your best guess for Max Johnson? What have you heard, or do you expect anything in terms of where he might land? Yeah, well, I'll tell you what's a telltale sign, Kenny. Uh, the, the younger brother, Jake Johnson, signed with Texas A&M today. What does that tell you? Right. You know, that's what I was going to bring up. So the fact that he signed with Texas A&M leads me to believe that that's where he's heading. Yeah, and I heard, I heard – uh, a few days ago that it was once at one time he was looking at some Florida schools, but uh, most recently this week it's Texas A&M and now the, the younger brother signs with, with, with the Aggies. So I looked at this going to be a package deal there. And certainly Max Johnson knows, uh, you know, that Jimbo Fisher and, and Texas A&M on the way up right now. And that might be a good place to go, especially with the quarterback leaving uh, Kelzada, leaving Texas A&M. And as a freshman coming in, uh, you know, a highly recruited freshman, the Aggie son this year, but he will not be ready to play. So Max Johnson could be stepping into an ideal situation with the Aggies, who perhaps, Kenny, might be really positioning themselves for a run at a national title next year. Well, they got a top three recruiting class, that's for sure. But I'll believe it when I see it. You know, they couldn't beat LSU with LSU's JV team, basically. And, and Max Johnson throwing a winning touchdown pass, by the way. So, yeah. uh, look, I, I like Max Johnson. I think Max Johnson played solid football. Uh, I think he's – I don't think he's ever going to be great. I don't think he has those tools. You know, his arm's not big and his escapability's not big, but he's a solid player. And I don't downgrade him at all. Or, or I just think he didn't have the support. Too many players got hurt. Offensive line wasn't good enough. But it's really intriguing – that it looks like he's actually going to be playing against LSU in the same division. Yeah, same and conference. you know it's interesting, as you said, for a quarterback that beat the Aggies last year, on you know, uh, in the at the end of the game on a big big touchdown pass, and and he winds up playing for them next year most likely. So that's interesting, uh, you know, and what it would be like. Uh, when he faces his old teammates, if that does come to fruition uh, next year when LSU does visit uh, Texas A&M. But, you know, it remains to be seen. There's going to be so much going on with the, uh, you know, Bo Nix is out there now from Auburn. Uh, Keaton Slovis from USC. Uh, uh, you know, it's just, it just, i tell you what, as a quarterback, that he's going to have three more years to play. But Cameron Ward is out of incarnate word. He's a big 6'4", 240-pound guy. Uh, big big quarterback. He was a freshman of the year in the FCS. He's going to make somebody a great great get uh, wherever he transfers to because um, he's. I've seen him play and he's got a big time arm and he went toe to toe with Cole Kelly in Southeastern last year and uh, I think that he's going to be. He's a player that a lot of people don't know much about. But again, keep an eye on him out of Incarnate Word. So I wasn't in the room when Max Johnson met with Brian Kelly. So we can only guess as to how that went and what transpired. The thought process is that basically he was told that he wasn't going to be the guy or that he'd have to compete all over again for a job. And that, that would be the thought process that's been prevalent amongst many that I've spoken with. Uh, the other possibility would be simply that he, he wanted to leave because Ed Ogeron was gone. I don't know that it was one or the other, but he sure made a quick decision. I think, Kenny, without being there myself, I really, really think from all that I've been told and what I surmise of the situation is that 
Brian Kelly shot it straight with him. Max Johnson asked him, what does it look like in the spring? And he said, I'm going to open up the competition. I'm going to bring in a veteran quarterback to compete because we need more arms. Uh, you know, the, even though they had Nussmeyer coming back and, and Walker Howard coming in, you need at least three, if not four, quarterbacks. If, you know, again, we, we, you know, if, 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 uh, Doug, if Garrett Nussmeyer decides to transfer out, you've got to have a, a little cushion there. So I think he told uh, Max Johnson that he's bringing in a veteran quarterback. He's welcome to compete. Nothing's guaranteed. And I don't think Max Johnson shied away from competition. I just felt he—I think he felt that maybe it's best if I just look elsewhere right now because I don't know what's going to what's going to transpire as we get into spring practice. Well, I, I certainly think it's going to be an interesting dynamic uh, to look at whatever transpires uh, because I think that they're in a situation where they have uh, a chance to be good next year, but it really does depend on who the quarterback is and how much improved their offensive line will be so a lot of questions answers to be found but as i told people today that were disappointed with some of the decisions you know wait until february see what else happens here because there's still a lot to be written about what they're going to deal with and then the other part of that is uh, don't hold kelly responsible he got here basically a week and a half two weeks before signing day it's well, late in the game yeah and, and i'm gonna tell you kenny you know people that that were once committed to lsu or were very close Javante Sinison may wind up being a Tiger. Decoldis Crawford may wind up being a Tiger. Trevor Etienne has LSU Clemson in Florida. Uh, Harold Perkins is a linebacker coveted by LSU A&M in Texas. Uh, he's got LSU in the mix. Jacoby Matthews, we both know a lot about him. Uh, Kendrick Law. And Julian Armella is a, a tackle that is highly regarded. He's a teammate of Mason Taylor, the LSU commit. Uh, and he's got right now Florida State and LSU. So there's quite a few people out there that could make LSU rich very quickly in the late signing date. And, again, the transfer portal is going to play a big part of this. Renee Nato with us from CrescentCitySports.com, 260-1061, if you'd like to join in the conversation. All right, so turning our attention to Tulane, looking at, what, 17 guys that they added today. Interestingly, some local guys – uh, that are coming back, if you will, like, you know, like Ashad Clayton of Warren Easton, you know, Lawrence Keyes, McDonough 35. They got another local and Patrick Jenkins coming in uh, from Louisiana. They got defensive back Rayshon Pleasant from West Monroe. And other than that, it's all out-of-state players. Uh, what do you see where Tulane's class is concerned? Well, a guy that I just wrote about last uh, few days ago, Chris Brazell, is a 6'3", 180-pound wide receiver out of Midland, Texas. I think that he could be a good get for, for Tulane. Uh, Sully Burns is a 6'6", 320-pound tackle out of Plano, Texas. Maybe lead a little time to develop. Um, Makai Hughes is, is a running back, Kenny, out of Birmingham. Uh, you know, Tulane lost Jalen Lucas to Indiana and uh, they quickly filled in that spot, a running back by, by Makai Hughes, who is very, very much like Ty J. Spears. Not quite as fast and, and quick, but uh, he, had, he was a one-time commit to Appalachian State. He had offers from Houston and Kansas. And, you know, you mentioned Ashad Clayton. I think a lot of people forget that his senior year in 2019 at Warren Easton had 2,264 yards and 32 touchdowns. He's going to be uh, – he could be a very good find – for, for Tulane in, in, a, in a running back situation. You never have too many good running backs. Ty J. Spears and Cam Camerill and uh, Carroll and, and uh, Ashad Clayton certainly can make that position very strong. 
Well, I looked at Tulane's team this year, and I thought their, you know, their offensive line was very disappointing, thought they'd be better. Everything went wrong for Tulane. Quarterback leveled off, was just average after starting really well. Uh, but, you know, their two biggest deficits to me remain wide receiver and, and secondary. I just thought they were weak on both of those, and they haven't seemed to have been able to solve those problems uh, over time. It just continues to be an issue. I'm looking at their class now. They signed, what, one, two, three, four wide receivers. So they obviously tried to address that. And then in the secondary, uh, they signed just two today. So I know that they, they need help everywhere based upon the way they performed last year. But, you know, I guess the question would be, what else do they have to do to address getting better? Well, again, as we just said with LSU, the transfer portal is going to be vital to, to Tulane, and they've got to get the right guys. They've, they've brought some people in the transfer portal in the past, Kenny, but it hasn't always been the right guys and the right fit that have really upgraded them. Uh, it's been guys who have come in and helped adapt a little bit, but they need some different makers in the transfer portal. And I know it's tough to get a guy who's leaving at one school. He's got to be a reason he's leaving, but they've got to get a little lucky a luck on that side and get somebody coming in who can make a difference and step up and get significant reps at a wide receiver, at a defensive back, uh, you know, somewhere maybe a linebacker. They need somebody, you know, a guy who can go hand-in-hand hand with Nick Anderson at linebacker and help out there. Uh, I, I just I just think that, uh, you know, defensive secondary is a spot they need to shore up. And offensive line and secondary, much like LSU, is, is a spot that I think Willie Fritz is going to have to really address in the transfer pool and keep his eyes open, keep his eyes peeled, uh, as we move along, because not only were guys, uh, you know, already available right now, but after you turn the page into 2022 and you get into January, February, and March, uh, I think guys will get a, an idea, whatever school they're located at right now, Kenny, how spring is going to be for them. And you have more people entering the transfer portal than are there now, and, and you may see a few bargains there. All right, so we look around the state, and I guess starting with the two schools closest, uh, Nichols and Southeastern, both of whom have just been excellent, just really good programs. Tim Rebo recently got an extension, uh, and, boy, that's well-deserved with the job he's done. And you see the way he's recruited and the way he brought in Julian Gums, who really became a good player. Uh, Guggenheim this year turned out to be a real get at running back when they needed him. Uh, the quarterback position, they've not been as good as what they had with Chase 4K, but they had – you know, a couple of kids play pretty good, Lindsey Scott, Cohen Granier, and they always seem to find those those guys that can that can really play that are what you call second level guys. What about Nichols before we get in the southeastern? Well, well, you know, Timmy Rubo, and the problem, and you know, that's going to be facing him in a lot of schools, southeastern McNeese, and all is is in the past that. The FCS schools, the Southland Conference schools, could live on, on the uh, transfer portals because guys who would leave uh, could transfer into those schools and play immediately. And this transfer portal is really going to hurt the, those schools, the FCS schools like the Nichols and the Southeastern. So they're going to have to be a lot sharper in who they sign, guys that they need to come in and stay, step up and play right away because they can't count 
on the transfer portal as much as as previously. You know, getting a Guggenheim up at Nichols was really a tremendous get. No one thought he would have the success he had this year, almost a thousand yards and uh, you know, he was a player, the offensive player to he in the conference and really did a great, great job. And Tim, the thing about Tim, as we both know, is if he really recruits very, very hard this area and 60 to 80 to 90 miles from campus on Thibodeau, uh, he, he does a great job. Frank Stelpo also is, he steps out a little bit out of the state boundaries, but he did come up with some really good finds uh, this year. Jordan Dustat out of Westgate High School was a quarterback, is a sprinter. He'll play wide receiver for the Lions. Uh, Jordan Potter is a, is a tackle out of Covington High, 6'5", 285. Uh, and, and I think those two guys, and another guy, Veron Douglas out of Baton Rouge, a defensive back, 6'4", 195, has got great length. So, uh, you know, Southeastern and Nichols both got some good finds in the, in the borders of Louisiana and some high school prospects that I think are going to really, really have a lot of value for both programs. And then, of course, the other – uh, the other one that was very interesting, you got Louisiana Raging Cajuns are in town right now for the New Orleans Bowl, and they changed coaches. So I wonder how much of an impact that had with DeSormo taking over when you look at you know their early signing period and what they were able to attract. Well, you know, they got a guy that I like a lot, Kenny. I had my top 50, and Caleb Edwards is a guy that they that ULL signed, and, and I like him a lot. He's really going to be a great find for them. He's a linebacker. He's not a big guy. He's about six foot two and twenty one pounds out of West St. John, but uh, he'll rock you. And Caleb Edwards is a guy that I think can play immediately for a new coach Desimo and, and the Raging Cajuns, and he can be a special teams guy. But he's a guy that I think is going to um, that I, ULL always had their eyes on and put a lot of value on. And I think because of his height, some people stayed away from him. But Caleb Edwards uh, can certainly play. And West St. John, he's he's really really a good player. <laughs> You know, and speaking of the Cajuns, Billy Napier to Florida, much like Brian Kelly, he got in there very late, so he didn't have a chance to make an impact in Florida's recruiting classes rank very, very low, way below Florida standards. And again, you can't blame Napier for that. No, you can't. And, and again, he's hoping that, you know, he'll buy some time into until the late signing class. And this late signing class is going to, uh, you know, benefit a lot, of, a lot of coaches. And that's why I think this, this December 15th, this early signing period, is really going to put the crunch on, on, on uh, programs moving forward. You know, there's going to be other programs much in a situation of, of LSU and Florida this year where they, the coaches get on board just days before signing date and they have to scramble and things like that. And, you know, I mean, it, it's just, it, it's going it, to, I would think a lot of coaches are already, are already not in favor of it and they're going to push to maybe get that thing eliminated or push back further. I wouldn't be surprised, Kenny, to have a signing date sometime in May in the future. I, I'm really, really would not be surprised, April or May. And, and again, I, I wouldn't be shocked to see a transfer portal day uh, somewhat to, to see when the guys, I don't know if they're going to be pulling hats out and putting hats on to see where they're going committing, but guys, are, you know, there's so much because you can hit, get instant gratification from a transfer portal who's played 25, 30 games in college and he steps on your campus, he makes that position a little better right away. So it's much different from a 18- and 19-year-old a freshman who comes aboard and you're not sure how long it's going to take him to develop. A transfer portal player uh, is worth his weight in gold, and, and I think that uh, you know there's going to be a lot more interest in that moving forward. I know LSU fans don't like hearing it, but Nick Saban never ceases to amaze me. Uh, it, it's remarkable that his teams continue to do what they do. I don't know that they can win in the playoffs with the injuries they have now, uh, but I wouldn't sell them short. But here we are in recruiting again, and they're going to be top five, if not 
one or two when it's all said and done. I, I, I don't think we've ever seen the likes of this, Renee, in college football. No, and, and, and you know, and, and you know, what, he, what Nick Saban is doing now is, is much more difficult than what Bear Bryant did or coaches in the past when they, when they signed a lot, a lot of guys. You know, you have to be uh, selective in who you sign. You only can sign so many players. You're dealing with transfer portal guys. Alabama is facing that as much as anybody because uh, how many guys has, has Alabama signed and decided, uh, you know, they're not going to fit in here and go somewhere else? And, um, you know, so, uh, you know, Ishmael Sopser is a guy that, that we're very familiar with. Out of a meet, he signs with Alabama, doesn't fit in there. He heads out to USC, and he's, he's getting some playing time out there. But Alabama is always going to have to fill in gaps and fill in holes from guys leaving because they're not happy or not satisfied or not getting the playing time. And when you're signing a five- or four-star guy, he expects to play, and when they don't, uh, they want to hit the transfer portal. All right, so we're looking ahead a couple more minutes with Renee Nato. Looking ahead to next year, and I know you do this all the time about juniors. Certainly Arch Manning is a junior who has to be put at the top of the list based upon the interest that people have in him. What about uh, uh, just a little vision into the future about any potential juniors here in South Louisiana that we should be looking forward to watching be top recruits next year? Uh, well, you know, Arch Manning is a guy, and, and he's going to be head and shoulders above everybody. He's, uh, you know, he's, he's a guy that, that everybody's looking at already. Uh, another guy that I uh, keep in mind, Ryan Robinson, is, is a, a defensive back out of Edna Carr. Uh, Jurea Johnson out of Warren Easton, a linebacker. Mm-hmm. Jai Eugene out of Destrahan, an athlete. A.J. Samuel, a quarterback out of Edna Carr. Tyler Bailey, a defensive tackle out of Pachatula, should be a really good get for someone. Uh, wide receiver Makai Donaldson out of Newman, 6'4", 200-pound wide receiver is a, a big target. Tight end, defensive end, Will Randall out of Newman uh, is a guy that really has gained some interest from a lot of schools like Florida State and LSU. Uh, and, and Edna Carr safety, uh, Michael Richard is, is a guy that I think is gaining a lot of interest. And last but not least, uh, Leonard Harris out of Destrahan is a, is, a, is a defensive back that is gaining interest for the 2020, uh, 2023 class. Uh, Siler Christmas is a cornerback out of uh, out of St. James is another athlete. So 2023 class in this area, Kenny's going to be very, very fertile, very strong, and it'll attract the likes of of of, El, of uh, Alabamas and the USC's and Oklahomas, and so LSU is going to have to work cut out for them to keep those schools at bay and and sign the people that they need to sign. Of course, when you look at the high school landscape, we just got finished with nine, count them, nine state championships. It kind of wears you out after two weeks. Again, we all know it's way too many for a state with just under 300 schools playing football. And hopefully that changes sometime in the near future. There's a proposal uh, for the LHSA convention in January to unite 5A, uh, which would lower it to eight, but... Uh, again, this is just way too many championships, isn't it? It really is, Kenny, and, and I think I would have thought by now a light would have come on, but, you know, they just can't get it right, and I don't know if they'll ever get it right, but hopefully they're moving in the right direction, maybe uh, kind of uh, melt this down a little bit and, and, you know, not have everybody get a trophy at the end of the game. Yeah, I mean, it's just difficult to uh, to watch this every year and to see that, there's all these championships being decided, and I'm, I don't know that they're even really championships in some cases, but uh, you, you, you don't blame the schools for that. Uh, principals have the votes, and they have the opportunity to make change, and so far we haven't seen it. Maybe they'll get another shot here. If they do this with 5A, 
uh, then certainly uh, the possibility might open up for others, in particular 4A, because when you analyze the situation, it really is a, a north-south thing. South Louisiana, their public schools are more open to being together. North Louisiana, they're really not. But in North Louisiana, you just don't have very many private schools, whereas in South Louisiana, you have a boatload of them. Well, I, I couldn't agree with you more, Kenny, and I just, uh, it is north against the south, and I just hope we get this thing resolved and get back to the, get back to the past and get back to the old days and, and have it more uh, a competitive situation because in some cases you have teams going into the playoffs, deep in the playoffs, that have no business being there. About two more minutes with Renee. Where LSU's coaching staff is concerned, so many people are making noise about Joe Brady. I just don't think that a new coach goes backwards, even though – they had success. Do you think there's any chance of that happening? No, I don't. And 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 the thing is that I don't know what happened at Carolina, but to let your coach uh, go with five games left to go, I mean, it must have been really a, a, a volatile situation in Carolina with Matt Rule. But uh, you know, I know Joe Brady does not like to recruit, and um, I just don't think it would be a very good fit. And I think uh, Brian Kelly would certainly look in another direction. Yeah, uh, and yet. They still have to make some important hires at LSU. Anything you're hearing there whatsoever? No, I, although I, I really would not be shocked if Durante Jones returns as defense coordinator. It's not guaranteed, but I think right now that's a 50-50 proposition. That's interesting because it started off slow, but they got better as the year went on, even though they lost a lot of players, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. And, you know, I, I think it was the, the players, they didn't have enough uh, athletes on the field, and uh, I think Brian Kelly's going to sit down and really analyze if Durante Jones is a good fit there or not. Of course, you can always follow him by reading his work at CrescentCitySports.com, including on recruiting on a regular basis, but also on a lot of other topics. That's at CrescentCitySports.com. He's Renee Nato. Renee, we appreciate the time spent tonight. We encourage you to keep up the good work. And thank you, and Merry Christmas to you and yours. Merry Christmas to you, Kenny. Always my pleasure. Hope to see you soon. You will, buddy. All right, that's Renee Nato. And, again, go to CrescentCitySports.com. He'll have a lot of information to report on and for you to partake in regarding signing day today and what's to come in the near future with regard to signees and, and what people are going to do and what the strengths are of their programs. Again, you heard his analysis and very interesting stuff. Uh, I do have a couple of interviews that we can play when we return, which we can get queued up and let you hear from a couple of these guys today about what they had to say and why they made the decisions that they made. I think what people are most interested in hearing would be Landon Ibietta and choosing LSU. We'll certainly play that for you. We'll also play the Shaz Preston signing with Alabama, Aaron Anderson with Alabama, maybe Amorian Walker with Michigan, if we can get to it, Taiji Hill with LSU. We'll do that and more when we return. We'll touch on the Saints and Pelicans as well. Glad you're with us on this Wednesday night. For All Access, I'm Ken Trahan here on 106.1 FM, Nash Icon, and on the web at NashFM1061.com. New Orleans country, 106.1 Nash Icon is once again your home for New Orleans privateers basketball. Tune in to Jude Young for all the action as UNO takes on top-rated college basketball teams, including local rivals and Southland Conference foes, in their quest to win championships and return to the NCAA tournament. All season long, 
set sail with the UNO Privateers on New Orleans Country 106.1 Nash Icon. Family owned and operated by a great local family. Bergeron Automotive at 3525 Veterans Boulevard in Metairie has the right vehicle at the right price at precisely the right time for you. From outstanding newly designed 2021 Dodge, Jeep, Ram or Chrysler products, Bergeron Automotive has what you are looking for. Check out our expansive inventory at BergeronChryslerJeep.com or call 504-321-4217. To experience our idea of luxury, visit Bergeron Volvo on Vets in Metairie or online at BergeronVolvo.com today. There's so much hype promoted during the Christmas season nowadays that we forget to focus on the true meaning of giving. Not how expensive the gift is, but how much it will touch her heart. Fisher & Sons Jewelers have served our community for over 40 years. And we are dedicated to sharing the art of giving to you and your loved one. Our family wishes you a very Merry Christmas. Fisher & Sons Jewelers, where the unusual is commonplace in Metairie. If you owe the IRS back taxes, get ready to pay up. The IRS has an army of tax collectors to track you down. They are relentless. Don't wait until it's too late. Call the experts at Optima Tax Relief. Optima works to stop the aggressive collection actions and fights to get you the best deal possible. They have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. Call Optima now for your free consultation. Call 800-845-8122. 800-845-8122. Optima Tax Relief. For details, visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. Terms and conditions posted at TextPlan.us. Texting enrolls for recurring automated marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop to opt out. Terms and conditions apply. Visit ISSA online for details. Hey, how'd you like to get paid to work out? Yes, I said get paid to work out. Now you can with ISSA, the global leader in personal fitness certification. If you're interested in a money-making career in fitness as a personal trainer, now is your time because ISSA is guaranteeing you will get a job. That's right. There's a huge demand for certified personal trainers right now. So once you get ISSA certified, they guarantee you will get a job. Just text FORM to 323232 now to get started for free. You do everything at your own pace and 100% online. Live your life on your terms. Get certified and train like you want, full-time, at a gym, at home, or as a side hustle. Whatever works for you. Don't wait another day to start your career in fitness. Get certified and start making money fast, guaranteed. Just text FORM to 323232 right now to get started with your ISSA certification for free. Text the word Form to 323232. This report is sponsored by Indeed.com. Hitting speed bumps in your hiring process? Streamline your route to hired with Indeed. Their hiring platform makes it easy to attract, screen, and interview candidates all in the same place. Find your next great hired and visit Indeed.com slash credit. I'm Ken Trahan. Welcome to your daily sports report presented by CrescentCitySports.com. The Saints return to work today in preparation for Sunday's game at Tampa Bay. It will be interesting to see who returns this week among those injured and out with COVID issues last week against the Jets. Senior quarterback Cole Kelly of Southeastern Louisiana named first-team FCS All-American by the Associated Press. The New Orleans Pelicans return to action tonight at Oklahoma City. The Pelicans have recalled Jackson Hayes and Trey Murphy III from Birmingham of the G League. In college basketball Tuesday night, 19th-ranked LSU remained unbeaten at 10-0 with an 89-49 win over Northwestern State. Tari Eason had 18 points. Efton Reed had 15 points and 10 rebounds. Louisville down Southeastern Louisiana, 88-60. The Xavier men
men and women have canceled their trip to Hawaii's Holiday Classic due to issues with COVID-19. The Tulane men and women have shut down their basketball activities, canceling games, and the UNO women have canceled games against LSU and Alcorn for COVID as well. Prep football, Ponchatoula's Braden Johnson, Player of the Year, St. Charles Catholic, and its coach Wayne Stein, Team of the Year and Coach of the Year by the Greater New Orleans Quarterback Club at a luncheon on Tuesday at Rockin' Bowl. For these stories and more, visit CrescentCitySports.com. Have a blessed day and be a good sport. For CrescentCitySports.com, I'm Ken Trahan. Now's the time. What's on your mind? Time to express your thoughts by calling Ken Trahan of CrescentCitySports.com and all access on 1061 Nash Icon and at NashFM1061.com. Call 504-260-1061. Landon Ibietta of Mandeville officially signing with LSU this afternoon. Our Lenny Van Gilder was there from CrescentCitySports.com. And here's what Landon Ibietta had to say to Lenny. Just take us back a, a few days and, and the thought that when you when you got this offer to LSU and what the what your thoughts were at that point? Uh, it was very exciting just to get an offer from your dream school. It's just a place that you've always wanted to be in for a very long time. So for it, for it to happen is just crazy to think about. And then today, that finding, signing signing that letter and knowing that it's that it's official that you're headed to LSU to play football now. What was that? What was that feeling like when you put pen to paper? Uh, it's it's hard to put the words just because I've worked for so long for this and. Now that it's all working out, I just can't thank God, my family, and just my coaches. I know you were Miami commit, and obviously changes at LSU, changes at Miami. Just kind of, kind of take us through the whole time frame of what happened there and in in the process. Yeah, so I committed to Miami over the summer, and I was I was like 100% locked in with them. And then new new coaching staff comes in, so it kind of shook some things up. I started getting more offers like start of last week and then LSU came in at the end of the week. I officially visited on the weekend. I thought it was the best place for me, so I committed and signed today. And it was the day before your birthday, right? Yeah, so that birthday. Was five, six days ago. Can mm-hmm. you even put into words just how crazy, you know, the span of six days? Is yeah, it's, I, I mean, I can't because it's, I've never experienced anything like that before. Like just in a short time, all of it happening, so I mean, it worked out for the best. I'm where I want to be, so I'm excited for the next next level. I've seen you at Tiger Stadium on the sidelines before the games this season. Tell me what, what you love about that atmosphere and what about it really can appeal to a young man playing football in Louisiana? Oh, uh, I mean, I've just been going to those games since I was like four, four years old, so it's just part of my culture, really, and I love to be there. I was one of those kids where if LSU lost on a Saturday, it ruined my whole day. Ruin my Sunday, ruin my whole weekend. So hopefully I can uh, help another kid out that so we don't lose, like make them upset. Of course, LSU is a new head coach. Uh, what, if, what, was your, what was it like meeting Brian Kelly and what conversations did you have with him that kind of helped influence this decision? Uh, he, he basically told me that he wanted me there, which is a good thing in recruiting when the head coach says he wants you there because that means you have like a legit opportunity. So that was the main thing from him that I liked. And that was, of course, Landon Ibietta of Mandeville signing with LSU. Another local player signing with LSU is big defensive tackle Taiji Hill of the Carr Cougars. And Lenny Van Gilder was there today as well to capture some comments from the big defensive tackle Taiji Hill. Brian Kelly coming in. You stuck with the decision at LSU. How did you come to that that idea? Or sorry. Oh, you go? Oh, sorry. You good now? All right. We'll talk. 
Taiji, Brian Kelly regime came in, right. you committed to the past uh, coaching staff. Right. Why did you decide to stick with the Tigers? Um, just just as like why I committed. I committed to the Louisiana State University, LSU. I didn't commit to the coaches. Of course, I would like for Coach O'Dron to stay. That's who recruited me. But you know, it's still a business. You know, uh, Coach Brian Kelly came in, still made sure I was a priority. Coach Frank Wilson made sure I was a priority. Said I still had a home at LSU. And you know, why would I leave and just? I just want a chance to rep Louisiana. Rep Louisiana, bring us back to that championship pedigree that we once were. So that's the 22 class like um, anthem. We just want to bring LSU back. We want to bring that championship pedigree back. Did you try to flip Aaron Anderson at the last minute to LSU from Alabama? Yeah, I, I always try to flip him. I always want him to be my roommate. Uh, of course, you want to still play with your high school teammate. But uh, it's going to be an interesting story when we play each other in Death Valley next year. What do you like about Brian Kelly and the coaching staff that he's uh, he's uh, like uh, mm -hmm. bringing to LSU? Uh, they're just trying to try new approaches. They're trying to bring back a new environment to LSU. It's, I think this LSU team you're going to see uh, next season is going to be new, revived, live. It's going to be one of the best teams you've seen in a long time. So I'm really excited for this upcoming season, and I think Coach Brian Kelly will do an awesome job there. All right, so there you go, the comments of – Tyzee Hill of Carr. Meanwhile, while LSU landed those two, they did not land two prime receivers. Shaz Preston of St. James opted for Alabama. I was there and got these comments from Shaz Preston. Uh, I want to thank all the people who took the time out today to come support me uh, throughout the journey. Uh, I want to thank St. James. I want to thank my, my classmates, my teammates, and just thank everybody for coming out. For the next three or four years, I'll be attending. Shaz, I know LSU made a late run at you with Frank Wilson. Uh, what was the main reason you picked the Alabama Crimson Tide? Um, we had a great time. Um, Coach Sabin, Coach Wig, and Coach Pete, they all did it all to me. They gave a full time. We full talk, full. How tough is it to pick Alabama or LSU when LSU's right down the block? Does that take a lot of soul searching on your part to make that decision? Um, I thought about this a while. Um, I just wanted to be different. Uh, I just wanted to be different, make you know, make my name somewhere else. Where um, I just wanted to. You know, ball out in front of new people, make, make a new name for myself. What did Coach Saban and the staffs tell you what they're going to do with you when you're at Alabama? Where are you going to be, or what are you going to do for them? They're going to let me be a ball player, like I've been doing, like, like I've been doing over here. Um, they got a full plan for me, and I can't wait to, to see what they got in store for me. What about the coaching change at LSU? How much that has impacted your decision? Um, it, it impacted my situation a little bit. I was close with Coach Frank Wilson. He's been He's with my brother, um, so we got a long line of relationship. But I think they, I think he got there too late, and I couldn't really build like catch up with him. But LSU, they they had a good, they did a good push. As uh, soon as Brian Kelly and stuff was came, uh, they got in touch with me as soon as possible. But I think Alabama had it all tied down. What about your communication with Aaron Anderson? Are you close to? And you guys talk about? Matter of fact, I'm about to call him right after this. Yeah. I I'm see I don't I didn't really communicate with other recruits like talking about. So right after I've done with all these media, I'm gonna call him. 
No concern about competition that you'll be facing, right? No, sir. Not at all. Talk about taking Robert Williams from the backyard to Saturday nights. Oh, he about he, he already is in his head right now, so he about to get the full spill now. So I think he got two years left, uh, and we about to battle it out. Good. All right, so there you have it, the comments of Shaz Preston. Finally, Aaron Anderson, who of Endicar, who made his decision to go with Alabama. He had originally committed to LSU and switched, and today he stuck with the Crimson Tide. Here are the comments of Aaron Anderson. Good. Aaron, you originally committed to LSU, then you flipped to Alabama. Was there any chance on the back end that Frank Wilson and the LSU coaching staff were almost getting you back to be a Tiger? Uh, I want to see no, but I want to thank them for giving me the opportunity, you know, if anything was to go wrong, that they will be my opportunity to go to, and I thank you for that. But, um, you know, I was getting a real, I have a real close connection with Kusibe and uh, you know, it's like what me and Coach Ogeron had, and I feel like me and Coach Seaman, you know, the next three to four years, you know, we're going to be very close, and we're going to make history. How excited were you to sign with Alabama today and uh, all these summer days in the heat, 100-degree heat of, of New Orleans, to, to, to all see it prosper into signing with the Tide? Uh, I was so excited. You know, I was waiting for this time to come, and I, it came, and I, it's time to be a rule Tide, and now I'm a cramped rule Tide. What kind of vision do they have for you? What have they told you about how they plan to use you, whether it's receiver, return game, just kind of a wild card? What, what, what are they envisioning for your role? Uh, they envision me for my, uh, you know, little slot, little running back, you know, little uh, special teams, punt return, kick return, you know. We still do the same, do it all, you know, be the athlete. With all the things you do, what do you think you do best? What's the best thing you bring to the table? Um, you know, Things I do best, you know, I don't really have things I do best. You know, when I'm on the field, I just let it happen. And, you know, any position that the coach need me in, you know, I will play, you know, just to be a team guy and not an eye guy. All right, so that's the comments of Aaron Anderson of Edna Carr signing with Alabama. A brief time out when we return the Saints injury situation and more as we continue with all access for a Wednesday night. Ken Trahan on 106.1 FM Nash Icon and at NashFM1061.com. Since 1935, the Allstate Sugar Bowl has been a proud New Orleans New Year's Day tradition. And for 87 years, the Sugar Bowl has hosted top-ranked teams, All-Americans, and national champions. Now, on New Year's Day, the best of the Big 12 and SEC will square off in the 88th Allstate Sugar Bowl. Get your tickets today. Visit AllstateSugarBowl.org for ticket information. The Sugar Bowl is presented by Allstate, the Louisiana Office of Tourism, and Taco Bell. Wesley is a truck driver. I drive a truck and I love what I do. A truck driver with IRS troubles. They told me I owed them $43,000. It got really bad. <laughs> Quite a few letters in the mail. They were talking uh, about wage garnishment, coming after my house, my car. Yeah, they, they don't play around. I seriously thought that I was going to lose everything. One sleepless night, Wesley finally made a call to Optima Tax Relief at 2 a.m. Kind of figured I'd get a machine, but I didn't. I actually got to talk to an actual person in the middle of the night. <laughs> he found just what he was looking for. Oh, they were great people. You need a team of people. People that know what they're doing. Optima Tax, they know what they're doing. Optima Tax Relief came through with flying colors. I saved an incredible amount of money. Happy don't even come close. I was absolutely overjoyed. Take Wesley's advice. If you're in any kind of trouble with the IRS, call Optima Tax Relief. Don't trust anybody else. Call Optima for a free consultation. Call 800-845-8122. 800-845-8122. 
800-845-8122. Optima Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. We are Live Festival Television, the all-new WLFT and KGLA, bringing you new episodes of Fayette 5 with LaTangela Fay weekdays, 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. Join the fun and be sure to join our Out and About Broadcasting Live with Allie Bockler Blanche, highlighting all things Louisiana. Ring in the new year with us as we count down with the Red Stick Drop, bringing you all of the action on the all-new WLFT and KGLA or download the Louisiana Film Channel app. This report is sponsored by Discover. Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year. It's amazing because Discover is accepted at 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report limitations apply. This is Josh Danzig with Where You At Magazine and the newly relaunched WhereYouAt.com with your weekend picks for 1061 Nash Icon, presented by Sky Vodka. Celebrate an Italian holiday tradition with the Feast of the Seven Fishes this Saturday night at Red Gravy Cafe on Magazine Street. And enjoy great football on Saturday night, the Superdome, as the Raging Cajuns take on the Marshall Thundering Herd in the New Orleans Bowl. For more info on what to do this weekend, log on to the newly relaunched Wariat.com and click on the community calendar. And be sure to pick up the new issue of Wariat Magazine in locations all over town. Cumulus New Orleans, incredible service and excellent results. New Orleans is always number one with Cumulus Radio and Digital. DA Exterminating is proud to be locally owned and serving Louisiana's Gulf South for over 60 years. If you want a fast response and great service, call DA now on the North Shore and in Metairie, or you can visit us online at daexterminating.com. Traffic is brought to you by DA Exterminating, proud to be locally owned and serving over 60 years. This is where you get all access, not just the focus on one or two topics. All sports are on the table with your calls at all times. Join us now by calling 260-1061. Now back to Ken Trahan on 1061 Nash Icon through CrescentCitySports.com and at NashFM1061.com. The New Orleans Saints first injury report, no better than what we saw last week prior to the New York Jets contest. Ryan Ramchek still out with a knee injury. Tron Armstead out today with a knee injury as well. Three players were out with hamstring injuries, including Caden Ellis, Gary Griffin, and Lil Jordan Humphrey. Pete Warner, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, and Marcus Davenport, they were all limited today. So, again, real concerns about the offensive line. No word yet on the three COVID players from a week ago in Cam Jordan, Mark Ingram, and Ty Montgomery. As for the Buccaneers, Leonard Fournette was out today with an ankle injury. Jamal Dean, their cornerback illness, he was out. Richard Sherman's out with an Achilles as well. And Antoine Winfield, fine safety, out with a foot injury for Tampa Bay. So they got some concerns also, as you look at the secondary in particular, and hope that you can take some advantage of that moving forward. 2601061, we'll take a timeout. Final segment on the Pelicans when we return in a moment here on 1061 FM Nash Icon and on the web at NashFM1061.com. Hey, Chrissy, it's Leo. We're going to need some backup on Friday night, okay? Leo's limos needs to say I do to four commercial drivers. You booked another wedding on Saturday? Before wedding season. No, no, no. I'll make it work. Indeed can help him hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. 
With Indeed Instant Match, we immediately show you quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed meet your sponsored job description. Visit indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. You may be into punk rock, soft rock, or classic rock, R&B, hip-hop, or house, country, techno, or techno country. But no matter what kind of music you listen to, here's something else you should hear. Please consider getting vaccinated. Talk to your pharmacist today about Comirnaty, COVID-19 vaccine mRNA. This message brought to you by BioNTech and Pfizer. This is Robert Maddox, owner of Han Roofing. I'd like to wish each and every one of you a Merry Christmas and Happy Holiday. Children's Hospital of New Orleans played a very special part in our lives in 2009. They saved our son. We spent over 500 days admitted in the hospital. We want to give back. We're going to give $500 for every Ida Storm roof we do over 3,000 square feet. So if you sign a contract with us in the month of December, we're going to give $500 to the hospital. Call us today for a free estimate. At Napa, when it comes to serving you, our motor never quits. From next day delivery to curbside pickup, get the parts you need when you need them. That's Napa know-how. Wake up your senses at Louisiana's newest Harley-Davidson. Zydeco Harley-Davidson in Homa. 30,000 square feet of pure motorcycle mayhem. Zydeco Harley-Davidson in Homa has over 100 new and selective pre-owned Harley-Davidsons available right now. For every riding style and budget, Zydeco Harley-Davidson in Homa has the motorcycle for you. Come past a good time in the bayou at Zydeco Harley-Davidson. With new arrivals of the latest in style, fashion, and riding gear in their motor clothes department. Check out over $250,000 of the latest parts and accessories. Repairs, upgrades, and customization are there for you at Zydeco Harley-Davidson's award-winning service department. Check out their dynoing service, which maximizes the horsepower and torque of your motorcycle. It's Zydeco Harley-Davidson in Homa. Follow on Facebook and ZydecoHD.com for their next event, party schedule, and more. Set furnished by Nesmond Taju LLC. Offer not valid in all states or prohibited by law. Loans are subject to lender approval. See website for details. Honey, the credit card bill came and we're maxed out. Great. Maxed out cards. Rent is due. Bills are piling up. We just need some extra cash to help us get by. We should do what my brother did. He went to 27cash.com and got $3,000. With our bad credit? 27cash.com is different. They're one of the largest personal loan networks. They can help people with any type of credit get up to $5,000. I'm sure there's a lot of paperwork. Nope. My brother said it was fast and easy. He did it right from his phone. If you have a regular source of income, you can be approved for a loan of up to $5,000 in minutes and your cash can hit your bank account as soon as the next day. Our lenders have millions of dollars to lend regardless of your credit history. Great news. I went to 27cash.com and we'll have our money as soon as tomorrow. Wow, that is fast. If you need extra cash, go to 27cash.com. That's 27cash.com. 27cash.com. Always welcoming intelligent points of view, whether we agree or disagree. Let's have constructive dialogue on All Access with Ken Trahan on 106.1 FM NASH ICON at NASHFM1061.com and through CrescentCitySports.com. Give us a call at 504-260-1061. Pelicans back in action tonight at Oklahoma City against the Thunder, two of the worst teams in the league, two of the worst teams in the West. Somebody's got to win. Meanwhile... 
Ben Simmons linked to the Pelicans and possible trade talks with the 76ers, but it doesn't look like it's going to happen. Several reports about that being the case, but that the Pelicans' offer wasn't good enough because it didn't involve Brandon Ingram, who, of course, would be a, an ask of any other team. A lot of people reporting on this and talking about swapping number one picks among other assets. The trade deadline is February 10th. The closer it gets, the more likely a deal will be made with Simmons moving on with his disgruntled nature in Philadelphia. And frankly, do you want a guy like that on your team? Especially if you're not a contender. Me thinks not. Unless you could get him for a song and a dance. And I just don't think that's going to happen with regard to what the Pelicans could possibly offer. But apparently, David Griffin is trying to enhance this team in some way. Get your knees in. Want to thank Renee Nato of CrescentCitySports.com for spending time with us this evening on recruiting. Go to CrescentCitySports.com to watch all the videos of the guys we talked about today. And, of course, you can also make sure that you stay tuned to CrescentCitySports.com on a daily basis for every sports information item you want. Tomorrow night, I'll be back with Michael Green for the Life Resources Bottom Line Sports Hour at 6.00.